1: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Uh, Today I'm joined by Chris Lee, founder of Sylvester & Finch Limited. Chris, how are you doing?
0: I'm all right. How are you,
1: Andy? I'm very, very well. We're going to be talking about influencer relations today. I always like to do a shout out when guests come on the show multiple times. You you last on the show? Uh, drum roll, March twenty uh, seventh, two thousand and twelve, episode one hundred and sixty three. Seems like yesterday, I bet, doesn't it, Chris?
0: Yeah, it does. Uh, I was talking to Kelvin at that point, and that we were yeah. talking mostly about pitching to the media. And I believe the context was because Google was changing the way that it was, you know, dealing with links, etc., and having to earn them and make them far more authentic i guess and um of seo people were trying to understand media relations and uh, so they could get coverage etc and we've kind of moving on today to talk about bloggers which we did touch on at that point they've become even more significant fantastic well before we get into that
1: um just remind our listeners a bit about you tell us yeah. a bit about yourself and a bit about sylvester and finch
0: well i personally have been in, uh, in tech journalism pr for for 18 years and i don't look it but the last decade of which has been more digitally focused um i was last on the podcast as you mentioned about four years ago and we we're talking about pitching media predominantly. Now we're going to talk about more generally about influencers such as bloggers, vloggers, as in video bloggers mm. and Instagrammers, etc. Uh My consultants, as you mentioned, we're a collection of experienced freelance communications professionals and um, provide high-level strategic multi-channel communication strategy, training and copywriting. Now,
1: influence. Um, let's start mm. off with a nice definition of influence. Uh, yes. What is influence and who are the influencers?
0: Um, that's a very good question. It's such a kind of almost like a very fluid term that's often used around, it's very loose. Um, we all have influence to in some degree. Um, we always have. I mean, we talk about decision-making. You know, it goes way back to, to the market square years ago, like centuries ago, when you you would walk around and decide who had the best apples. You'd speak to your friends. You'd, you'd make an assessment on price, et cetera, and quality. And then you would tell other people about that experience. And now, the, the principle's the same. It just happens to be online, for example, mainly. And people have... Um, tens of thousands of followers that might have hundreds of thousands of followers. you um, have kind of seen a celebrity culture, bro- uh, you know, manifest itself online where people that didn't have weren't previously known have managed to. To, to build up a following of people and people do follow other people and, that, and they try to emulate what they do or just admire what they do and they listen to what they do and they make purchases based on what they do as well so we all have a certain degree of influence whether that's talking to our friends whether that's blogging and tweeting uh, or even leaving in a, a review on amazon or TripAdvisor. we all have influence but some greater degree than others
1: I'm just wondering, actually, because it's a, it's a, I know it's a big subject: influence and influencers. So, how do actually sounds like a silly question, but how do influences work? That's probably a, as good a way as putting it.
0: Yeah, I mean that, that's a very good question. we talk well, about contextualize what we're talking about here. We're not talking about necessarily media relations as in journalists. Okay. Mm. We're talking about people that are publishing on other platforms that they could be bloggers, like I said, uh, YouTubers, Instagrammers, etc. How do those individuals work? Well, there is a massive difference between team press and bloggers. If you think about the way the media works, they'll be paid for by, uh, you know, their news agency or whoever they work for and they will be Kind of professional, they'll have an objective or subjective position uh, depending who the, the media is. And then we see, for example, Brexit right now, you can see what sides people are taking, for example, in the media debate and quite quickly reveal their politics. They usually work business hours um uh, there's been trade pressure especially best contacted by phone when you're pitching them and they often follow an editorial style whereas mm. if you're talking about bloggers for example it's, you're looking at professional and amateur mix so if you've done really well for yourself enough to make money often going through blogger agency for example and they're making then yeah they can professionally, effectively they're professional bloggers and they're seeing a growing number of these some do it on the side and make a bit of money and some are just kind of amateur they do it for the love of it and that's where people like micro influencers come in so they they are not you know don't have a huge following but at the same time the followers they do have have a more authentic connection with them because they they tend to respond to them on twitter and facebook etc etc i i could claim to be one of those because i blog on the side of a football culture blog called outside right that's w-r-i-t-e oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> and i get between five thousand ten thousand hits a month which i you know you know, quite pleased with, yeah. But my my interaction with with, with my followers is very much about we, you know, we, we're a tribe with the same kind of interest, so to speak. And you know? over, but if I was, you know, being followed by a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people, I find it a lot harder to to manage those relationships. And that's it's a sliding scale, really. So there's more authenticity in the micro versus space. And you see a lot of PR companies focusing more on that space and brands in general looking at that space rather than spending big bucks on on the, on the big ones. I think within, I mean, people have a lot of understand now as well that in the public that, that people are paid to promote things and yeah. quite often don't disclose it which is something we're going to talk about actually later on in this podcast disclosure it's very very important but you know people understand that, that 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 influencers are paid by brands to plug things and they have that sort of sense of perspective when they go into it but with bloggers they they tend to offer their own opinion they work it can work at any time if they've got a full-time job and then they blog in the evening they to understand when you pitch to them by email usually or by social media that That's the context. And they'll be more flexible in the style of presentation. You can do some great co-creation with them, which is something brands tend to do a lot of. But it's very much, it all starts with understanding how they work. So that means a lot of research. And that's something we I know we're going to talk about when it comes to identifying influences.
1: Yeah, because... You know, is, I mean, you describe the landscape of influencers there, the different types of uh, influencer and a sort of, sort of, bit of a sliding scale. So, yeah, I was just wondering how, you know, sort of how do we identify and sort of, uh, I suppose, evaluate relevant influencers?
0: Yeah, well, I guess it depends on the target audience. This is something that often gets forgotten and overlooked. I think the first thing to remember is to understand the target audience uh, and the business objective that you're trying to achieve. And that could be, if you're looking for a business objective, it could be building brand awareness. It could be building advocacy. It could be trying to build your social media following by getting kind of, kind of halo effect off well-followed people, but ultimately you've got to make sure that the target audience of those influencers you're you're looking to, to you know impress yourself upon are actually relevant for a start there are tools you can use to identify bloggers it could be a desk-based research it could be using you know social media listening tools to see who's talking about subjects think there's great ones like buzz sumo system brand watch you know i can name mm. you know that i'm not saying any particular preference to any particular brand but i'm just naming the, that sort of yeah. type of, of tool that can help you identify there's also companies like tracker and analytica people. These are, these are media lists that, that, that um, PR industry people use um, that, that put them all together. Anyway, if you don't have the money for those because they are quite expensive, then desk based research is, is the way forward. So once you've kind of identified, okay, well, this, these people talk about this and it seems they have a good following, and let's have a look at their social media following, th- then you'd look at other metrics of inference. So you can use tools such as Similar Web or to understand what kind of traffic they get at their website. Um, you can always ask them what kind of traffic they get on the website you know they may or may not be accurate with that they could always you've asked for a screen grab of their you know data to see see if they you know when you start working and see what kind of genuine kind of hit rates they have mm. so it's kind of you know there's lots of lots of ways to understand how much traction people have got really in the market and then once you've kind of built that up the question is is understanding how you are going to going to pitch to these people and, and and how you're going to manage that and you, you need to sort of have a really good spreadsheet eventually that you're going to build up we can talk about that when we kind of talk about building long-term relationships
1: okay so what about actually approaching because you're going to have to speak to these influencers at some point how, how do you sort of pitch to them and build a sort of you know, long-term ongoing relationship
0: well that's a, that's a very good question so we see a lot of uh, of people actually talking about influencer relations. They talk about the benefits of doing it, but they don't actually go to that extra level and say, how do you pitch to them? So one, you'll be able to be clear on that business objective and be really clear with that uh, influencer on um, how, you know, what you want to get out of it really, because there's got to be, it's got to be a value exchange for both you and them.
1: Mm.
0: So being clear on those business objectives, understanding whether you're going to be pitching them directly, ind- individually, or if they're working through an, an agent um, whose whole job is, to keep the bad offers away and let them focus on what they do best, which is influencing and creating great content. Yeah. Um, when you are pitching, obviously you've got to read the journal, understand who the audience is, um, search for your brand and competitor, be clear on what you want out of the relationship, personalise the approach, which is what people forget. I mean, I'll quite often I get, as I said, I have a, a football travel culture blog i write I, i'm quite clear about right i write about it's the off pitch experience the history of the game etc it's nothing to do with what's happening on the pitch but somehow i've ended up on these lifestyle things i um and lists and i get invited to greek restaurants etc <laughs> um, Launched cocktail parties It sound great but i'm not going to go um so, so you know get called like dear blogger and things like that hi there they obviously haven't gone and looked at my about page and actually tried to personalize approach so understand how the influencer works um, build a database, check them out on social media, see what they look like. Cause quite often you'll find PR agencies being called out by influencers, um, you know, on social media and they've had a bad approach. They will name and shame. So mm. see what they're like. If they're, you know, look quite um, volatile, maybe might be better off steering clear of them and focusing on someone else, um, offer exclusive content that always works. Bear in mind, that it's all about their audience. If they don't have an audience, they don't have, um, you know, don't have a publication they don't have evidence, uh, you know, um, a way of making money um so it's kind of that's that's what you want exclusive content no one else has got it what can you offer them um and definitely when you've got that content like i said um when you're analyzing the metrics, see if you can um, get any data from them on how successful that was in terms of um you know hits etc and, and thank and share them for the coverage on social networks you've got to ensure you have full disclosure uh, and that could be anything from when they're tweeting, they're actually saying spawn or add or something like that, or when they're on the blog. I know that Google's come up with some um, guidelines recently uh, as the advertising standards agency as well on how these things need to be handled. And mm. that could, I know Google said, you know, no follow um, links, et cetera, and full disclosure, say what you got, you know, so I was taken to, thank you for, uh, to Company X for taking me on that trip to Florence, <laughs> whoever it happened to be, um, you know, or this was brought to you by X. So then you're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. No one feels robbed. Everyone's, you know, fully transparent what you've got out of that. Um, and then, uh, and then after that, yeah, just basically don't waste the time. Don't spam anyone. Um, try and put yourself on their shoes and, and don't ask if you can proof the content before it goes out unless you're co-creating with them. Cause if they, they're going to have to be honest about something and quite often they'll be nice if you're, you know, paying for them, but you, you want to sort of, uh, an honest review really of something. So yeah. Once you've
1: sort of been working with them for a while, Chris, what's the best way of um evaluating the results? It sounds like quite sort of cold yeah. businessy, but you do have to sort of work yeah. out if it's if it's if it's working, don't you?
0: Exactly. And and if you don't, then I mean you, you, you'll have no idea as to where, where, how how much bang you've got for your buck to use mm. that whole cliche, but there's, there's kind of macro metrics and micro metrics. So I mean, a micro metric on a kind of per piece of content level, what was the reach, what was the engagement like, and look at other metrics like views or downloads, if that's relevant, what kind of attention it got in terms of, you know, dwell time, bounce rate, all those sort of things, and social metrics in terms of, did you get any new followers off the back of it? You can know that even, you know, on the longer term macro metrics, look at, How your blogger campaigns have, how much traffic they're providing for you, referral traffic, how the quality of that traffic in terms of how you know how many pages they're going to, um, are they signing up? Uh, Did your community grow? Can you look at Google Trends and see searches for various you know things that you've been trying to talk about go up? Ie, are you getting into the sort of you know public consciousness, email sign up, sales, all the bigger sort of you know macro metrics that you're looking at, and ultimately could be even behavioural change if you're kind of you know working in a space that's trying to change the way people think about and act about things keep it on a spreadsheet though whatever you do because you could um you know it depends who you're targeting but you need to obviously know things about them such as uh, their contact details when you were last in touch Um, the domain authority of that site, um, average visited month, have they covered you before? Have they covered the competition? What was the context of that? Um, So you don't basically end up, you know, two people, from the same team contacting them because twice, which does happen, it's very annoying. Um, And it depends what other information you need to know about them. So I've, you know, been, uh, previous guys I've done, um, outreach for a computer games companies. So you need to know what kind of console people have got, you know, that sort of thing It's all very important. Um, so you kind of, there are ways of finding that out, uh, either by asking them directly or just looking over their previous social media really. And then you can target your approach accordingly.
1: You know, it's interesting because you mentioned that you yourself were a, a – I think you described yourself as a micro-blogger, which, of course, isn't a very small hmm. person. It's just – well, yes, you, you, you are normal size. Um, I was just wondering, actually, your experience as actually being a blogger, hmm. being potentially an influencer, what is the – what what would the top tip be that you could give to someone managing you know, that relationship? What's the most annoying thing you've come across? You well, may have alluded to it before, but I was just wondering. Yeah.
0: It's the quality of pitch. I mean, the thing is, I think this is where a PR background comes in really handy. Uh, and this is my issue when you've got contact at, um, sorry, content agencies and creative agencies talking about influencers. It's like you have to have a, a good media relations background really or well, it does help anyway you don't have to have it but it helps mm. um there's good pictures and there's bad pictures and, the, and the bad pitch will have or you know be a shouty sort of just spammy press release hi there i know you know in something irrelevant and it's a waste of time and immediately gets junked um mm. or deleted yeah um and sometimes outed like i said but a good pitch will be helpful it'll be useful the subject will be uh, will grip me uh, address me by my name it will maybe refer to um, a story i recently wrote in which case they want to build upon that so you know and then um give me something unique um and then make the business case for it so what kind of content are we going to get out of this is it going to be a podcast is it going to be a video is it going to be um you know uh, something that's going to make you know a value exchange for both parties going to make me look good uh entertain my audience and it's also going to help that brand get into a new audience with a o- bit of an authentic kind of you know brand awareness really to them and then it's got to finish with a call to action in terms of you know what, what i should be doing next um so i think just basically keep your powder dry as well don't you know if you've, you've got this um you've done well with a blogger once um don't expect them to cover you over and over again um yeah. try and rotate, rotate them because they're not going to cover you straight away otherwise it's kind of like appetizing <laughs> yeah so um so yeah i mean you know i don't know how often that could be it depends how many you've got it could be every six months every year whatever just do something exclusive with them and, and rotate the 20 odd you know key um influences that you've got and by the way and we're talking about keeping spreadsheets influences change right because um some grow and um you know become extremely influential maybe even get jobs in the media elsewhere in the media some drop out altogether lose their mojo and then and that's it. Um, and others can morph. I know people that have been travel bloggers, then suddenly became, you know, became parents, so they became parent bloggers. And so yeah. um, the tribes of brands that are talking to them, they took an audience with them. Uh, some of the audience were only interested in them in their travel. So they probably drop off and, and, and a new tribe of, of parent bloggers come, and parents come in as their followers. So new brands would be interested in them. So you've got to keep an eye on, on them throughout their career, really.
1: Well, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. It's a, it is a fascinating area, this whole sort of area of influencers and re- the, you know, building a relationship with influencers. Just uh, tell our audience how um, how they can sort of find out more about you and more about sure. Sylvester and Finch.
0: Well, I am on Twitter personally. It's at C-M-R-L-E, that's L W uh, or at Sylfinch is the, the um, agency handle. And then sylvesterandfinch.co.uk is where you can find out more about our training, consultancy, and copywriting thanks a lot Chris
1: and thank you for listening listeners the show notes from the normal place uh, sitevisibility.com slash impodcast um, if you want to connect with me personally I'm a doctor pod d-o-c-t-o-r-p-o-d on Twitter and LinkedIn um, if you can just mention the podcast when you when you link up with me um, and also we, we're looking for some questions and answers so if you want to email us it's podcast at sitevisibility.com, or if you want to phone the magic telephone line it's plus 44127 three two five six one five oh and uh, we can get your uh, questions and comments on the show and that's it that's it uh, from me that's it from chris goodbye everyone and we'll see you next time on internet marketing